0: Welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. You're listening to the podcast guaranteed to take your life to the next level faster than you ever thought possible. In each episode, you'll learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals that most haven't. He's the author of the number one best-selling book, The Miracle Morning, a Hall of Fame business achiever, international keynote speaker, ultra-marathon runner, and the founder of Best Your Ever Coaching. Here is
1: Hal Elrod. All right, goal achievers, welcome to another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is your uh, your host, your friend Hal Elrod, and uh, my guest today is someone that organically has kind of uh, uh, come in the spot of being on the show. We had a conversation, just a phone call, uh, found out he was a fan of the Miracle Morning, uh, and in his work that he does, he uses that the book and 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 the, the morning rituals. And um, we got to talking, and the more I talked to him, I just I was so impressed with this this gentleman. I thought, Damn, hey, Will you come on my podcast and and share <laughs> some of the stuff you're uh, you're sharing with me? Because it's pretty powerful, and uh, I want to give a formal introduction to our guest today. Todd Durkin is an internationally recognized performance coach, author, and speaker who has inspired audiences around the world, and his award winning team, or I should say, Jim. Fitness Quest Ten is in San Diego, California. It's been named a top ten gym in the United States by Men's Health, and he trains many NFL and Major League Baseball superstars, uh, as well as uh, one of my. I'm a fan of MMA, and he, I saw that he trains uh, Michael Chandler, uh, one of the Bellator yeah. champs. So very cool. Um, he is a top 100 most influential persons in health and fitness. Is the lead training advisor for the global brand Under Armour, and he. He was uh, a trainer and finalist on NBC Strong, a television show produced by uh, Sylvester Stallone earlier this year, and uh, he is a man driven by passion, purpose, and impact, and uh, really walks his talk. It is my pleasure to bring on Mr. Todd Durkin. Todd, how are you doing, buddy?
2: Great, Hal. Thanks for having me on today.
1: Yeah, and I, I realized you just finished your uh, your book. Uh, I didn't even know that we got on the line. You said your, your book just showed up, uh, the first printing uh, at your house. Is that right?
2: Yeah, it did. It's like having another baby. <laughs> yeah. It's my second book. And anytime you get the whole bat thing, it's a special. It's been over five years in the making for book number two. And I'm so excited to share that with the world as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, and what that, and, I'm, 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 and we'll, we'll we'll definitely dive into uh, into that here at, uh, at some point in the interview. But uh, as far as having a child, I think that it, mm-hmm. it's you know the, the, it's a great comparison because pe- like when you're an author, you think that oh the book's done, I'm done, <laughs> and then you go oh no one knows about it, no one's gonna know about it unless I you know continue to raise it and nurture it and you know and, and share it with the world for a long, long, long time to come. Absolutely. So very cool. Um, all right. Well, so so here's where I like to start. I mean, you're you're you are like a, I mean, you you probably couldn't find a better person in my opinion than you on, on this show. You know, the Achieve Your Goals podcast. You are someone that not only has achieved these extraordinary goals in your own life, but you're like you're you're a master coach, master trainer for some of the world's elite, uh, athletes and competitors. So this is your expertise. Um, in fact, I should just shut up and turn the whole show over to you and and you run it and, uh, and let me know how it goes. (laughs) But, um, but what, what, what was for you personally? What was the first significant goal that you achieved in your life that gave you the confidence and the belief in yourself that you could continue to achieve, you know, bigger and better goals?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, looking back, if I was to really go back, uh, to the beginning, you know, I, I'm the youngest of eight kids and I have five sisters and I have two brothers and, uh, we didn't grow up with a lot of money and, uh, I had a, a split family. My, my parents were divorced and, and I, I was just looking for a way to, to how can I make myself you know, successful and special, and at a young age, I found that sports was something for me that I could achieve, and I can find success, and for me, one of the first goals I set for myself, I knew in order for me to go to college, it was probably going to take for me to be successful in sports, and for me, that was football, Hmm. and uh, I set a goal when I was in eighth grade that I was going to get a college scholarship in football, and uh, I worked my tail off. I had some great coaches and mentors. And I sacrificed a lot in high school uh, just from, you know, not partying and doing the right thing and training hard. And when no one else was training, I was out of training. And, and sure enough, I had uh, uh, several scholarship offers. My senior year in high school, when I grew up uh, back in New Jersey, in Brick, New Jersey, and I had a legendary football coach named Warren Wolf, and uh, it was a dream come true because I attained that, and after weeding out uh, through several scholarships and some appointments to West Point and the Naval Academy, uh, I ultimately chose uh, to receive a scholarship from the College of William & Mary in Virginia, and I became a quarterback uh down there but that goal set when I was in middle school drove me uh to stick you know stick with my academics and to really work on my athletics and it's something I do now in my gym with when I'm working with young athletes is hey set a goal stick to it but you got to sacrifice a lot you got to commit more than you can ever imagine in order to achieve your dreams and and for me that was probably one of the first ones Hal.
1: I, I love that and and that is what um you're the advice that you just gave there at the at the tail end of that piece around uh telling the people in your gym that you've got to commit at a level you've never been committed before and that that was the advice that I was given when I was 19 and I set this big goal of breaking this record and and it was you know I think most people don't think in terms they're like oh yeah goals are you know cute and fun and you set them and you tell people about them and people <laughs> pat you on the back and then you feel really good and then you don't achieve them but it's okay cuz you just set a new one you know what I mean and and it's like uh, people that are serious goal achievers, uh, they, they, they commit to goals at a level that they've never committed before and they keep you know elevating their success and, and, and going on to those bigger and better goals. so uh, yeah. I love that.
2: The word that you say that's important, that you said it twice, is the word commitment. Yeah. You know, in, in working with high performers and world class athletes, Olympic athletes, you know, you, you, I have folks that come in, and even fitness enthusiasts and weekend warriors, they come in, they say, "Here's my goal, Todd. I want to lose twenty five pounds, or I need to improve my nutrition," and they set goals, but. Beyond the goals, I often ask them is, what are you willing to commit to doing in order to achieve your goal? Because it's the commitment that's critical. And as a coach, how can I hold that person accountable yes. for the commitment? Because it's the commitment that's often lacking. When I mean, you ask, what was your first goal? Well, a college scholarship. That took me five years to yeah. actually attain that. Yeah. When you write, When you write a book, or for me, my last book, it's taken me five years practically to get that out. Uh, a lot of times in, 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 a, in a culture that often wants instantaneous satisfaction, especially with, with a lot of the folks I work with, I'm always like, hey, sometimes you have to have delayed gratification. It's going to take you a year or two or five yeah. to get to where you want to go.
1: Yeah. No, I, I love that. I, I And I, I think there, there's a uh, quote or – philosophy of it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. And I think Mm -hmm. that that is, it's so true. You know, like you said, five years of working your butt off and, you know, not getting the recognition and, and, you know, and having to really sacrifice. And when people were out that your friends were out, you know, staying up late playing video games and partying, you were, you know, in bed to be up early and, and work, work your tail off, right? Yeah, absolutely. Very, very cool. And, and and learning that at a young age is is such a gift, right? Because you setting that goal in eighth grade and then having to work towards it for five years, I, I can imagine that's a huge part in why you're able to, you know, be one of the top trainers in the you know in the world um, right. from that experience.
2: How, you know, it's funny how is when you say that another goal I just thought of. Me, I haven't thought about this in a while. Is when I was young, is I had a goal. I wanted to be six foot tall. <laughs> like I had to I, – I, I, I felt like I had to be six foot tall to actually achieve the goal I wanted. Now, if I was 5'11 or 6'1, I'm not sure it would have mattered. Yeah. But I remember going to sleep. I had to go to bed by 9 o'clock because I had to give my body an optimal chance to be six foot tall. Uh, and I was telling myself so that – what's funny is not only I, I became six foot tall yeah. is now I have three kids and one of them is in eighth grade. And I hear him saying – that I, I need to be six foot tall, and here I am thinking, well, okay, genetics play a major role in this. How <laughs> tall you're going to be, you really can't control that much. But yes, son, you know if you eat your vegetables and you go to sleep at a certain time and you do everything you can, then you have a better chance at achieving your goal. So it just made me think of that when you asked. He's like, "What is one of your first goals?" I remember thinking, well, can I really control how tall I'm going to be? Yeah. <laughs> but that was uh, something that I always thought about. Hey, I've got to do everything right in order to maximize my opportunity. Uh, to 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 be six foot tall as well. I love. Well,
1: hey, it worked for you. You're, you're right. You, you tell your <laughs> son that. Where I set it as a goal. If if I can do it, you can do it.
2: That's right. That's right? right. And I, I think that
1: mind the mind body connection. I think there's more to that than even science has shown. You know, I mean, just there, there's more to to the understanding of how we can influence the development of ourselves. I'm a big believer in that. Um, but, sure. uh, but yeah, you have leverage now over your son, right? Well, if you don't drink alcohol mm-hmm. and you don't smoke and you listen to everything I say,
2: right, <laughs> right? Exactly, you, you exactly can
1: hit right. that six foot mark. Uh, that's great. Um, what, what for you Todd? what's been one of the biggest adversities that you've had to overcome on your journey, uh, in your life? And and what is that, you know, what, what, what have you learned from that? How, how has that served you?
2: Oh yeah. Um, Well, I've got two major ones I think are worth sharing. I'll make them quick. But I think the first major one that helped uh, really formulate what I do today and who I am today uh, happened when when I was done playing college football. I still had the dream and the goal to play pro football. Mm -hmm. I wanted to play in the NFL. But I didn't get drafted and I didn't get a shot. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take the circuitous route. I'm going to go over to Europe and play in NFL Europe. At that time, it was called the World Football League. And I became a quarterback over there. And in my second year of playing over in, in Europe, I was playing down in France, and I uh, I, I took a, a vicious blow to my back. I had two linebackers come in and sandwich me and put their helmet on uh, my lower spine, and it herniated three of my discs and ultimately suffered uh, spinal stenosis and degenerative back disease, and it, it ended my football career. And wow. I don't know if you've ever been to a point, I know you have, Hal, but our listeners today, uh, I had a dream from the time I was knee-high to play pro football. And I knew that day that it was over. And I went down this really, really deep place in myself to do some soul searching about, hey, from the time I was basically seven until I was 25, I wanted to be a pro football player. And it was time to discover a new dream. And I had to, to go down that way. And for five years, literally for five years, I sought, every, I sought out every guru, healer, body worker, energy uh, person to try to heal my own back without having surgery so I could heal my own three discs uh, and see what I could do without having surgery. And in the process and journey of doing that, I learned a lot of lessons that ultimately uh, served me well and allowed me to open up my own business, my gym, in year 2000. And now, 16 years later, that's part of what I do is not only am I a trainer and a coach and get people's minds and bodies right, but I also am a huge believer. And we integrate all of the bodywork, chiropractic, Pilates, yoga, meditation, right into all the training with all of our clients, kids, athletes, grandmas, grandpas, because of that significant adversity I faced at a young age when I, you know, at 25, I still wanted to do that. So at the time, I thought it was a devastating blow, mm. but it ended up being one of the biggest blessings of my life. And, um, I think the second thing just, uh, that, that impacted me greatly in adversity I faced is if I was to ask you today, you know, who is the one person in your life that you don't want removed from your life? For me at the age of 20, it was my father. I was playing college football. He was a huge mentor. He was my biggest cheerleader. And, uh, at the age of 58, my father suffered a massive heart attack and passed away when I was a junior in, in, uh in college, and uh, I, I often think about going through such a tough time and losing someone that you love, what are the biggest lessons I learned, you know, in, in my case, my father for 20 years, um, and matter of fact, chapter one of my new book, The Wow Book, that's what I talk about in chapter one, uh, is, is the value of time, who do you value in your life, how do you show gratitude to that person? And here's a you know, father for me, you know, in 1992, there wasn't such a thing called email or text messaging because it didn't exist. So I used to get a handwritten letter every single day for almost four years of my college career, literally a handwritten letter sent from New Jersey to uh, Williamsburg, Virginia from my dad. And that showed me and taught me the value of time. So now as a father and as a husband and as a coach, I understand and value time like no one else. Like I am really, really, uh, I try to stay present in every conversation with my kids, with my wife, uh, with my, my team of 38, uh, with all my clients is like, how can I best use my time today, uh, to make sure I make maximum impact with people tomorrow?
1: Wow. Wow. That's both of those experiences. I mean, the first one, um, Having a dream that you work your whole life for and then having it end—you uh, mm-hmm. know—I—I I, I, I think that we—we—we—it's a different level of adversity. Just a different. You know, not not saying I never would say anybody's adversity is worse or you know better, worse, easier, difficult compared to somebody else's because it's all relative, right? But um, but but that that's I mean that's just a massive blow to have an entire you know life trajectory completely hit a brick wall and stop. Yep. Yep. Um, yep but uh, i'm sure your clients uh are you know grateful that it did because uh, you you know you may not be there serving them and you might be out there on the field yourself if it wasn't for that adversity right
2: well i think that it's huge i mean i think in every difficulty there's always opportunity and it's that mindset of how am i going to take a setback uh, a tragedy something that happens that this is adversity and i'm going to turn it into a positive now it doesn't always happen overnight like oh well that just you can't just you know it sounds all you know, foo It sure. just doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes that takes weeks, months, or even years to say, okay, it's time. It's time for me to use this setback as an opportunity for a comeback.
1: Love it. Love it. I, I want to talk, uh, Todd. So, I mean, there's uh, real quick. I want to take a second to define what you do. You know, you you're you, you're called a fitness guru. You've been recognized as a, a top trainer in the U.S. for many years. Um, honored uh, two time Personal Trainer of the Year. Uh, so, I mean, I get the idea that you 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 know, I know you have a gym or gyms, and and you're a trainer. But uh, but but the you mentioned meditation. You mentioned all these different components. Uh, I get this idea that it's holistic approach. So, what makes you different as a coach or as a trainer?
2: Um, well, I'm a big get your mind right guy. <laughs> I, mm. I love. Really going into the motivation. I think most people are lacking motivation. Uh, you know, it, it's like you're fired up today, you listen to this podcast, and then you, maybe your motivation wanes. I would say motivations in your mind and inspirations in your heart. So you have to have your mind and your heart right. And there's typically about 12 inches that separates, you know, your mind from your heart. And when we can connect the body and the spirit and use that emotion and energy to drive your ultimate purpose in life, then great things happen. I love studying success and and having the opportunity to work with you know NF, NFL MVPs and Super Bowl MVPs and I uh, high level executives. I often look at success, but for my life, I often try to replicate significance. To me, success is fleeting. Like you can go through a list of achievements that I've had in my life, and you may like, oh well, Todd's a successful coach or trainer, you know, business owner. But am I being significant? And to me, what that means is am I maximizing my talents and gifts that I have to give back to the people that I have the opportunity to touch? And that's significant to me. That's why, on the heels of Hurricane Sandy in 2012, I started a 501c3, my nonprofit foundation. It was a goal of mine, Hal. I always wanted to have a nonprofit. I, it took me about five years. It took a hurricane for me to actually say, enough's enough. It's time for me to create my foundation. And my wife, Melly, and I, we created our, our Durkin Impact Foundation to give back uh, to people that are in need. So to me, am I being significant? That's something that only you know I can answer on the inside. People are like, "Oh, you're successful." Well, I feel like I'm just getting started in so many ways. Like I have so much left to give, and um, that's the difference between success and significance.
1: I love it. So, 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 would would you say that success and significance—the difference you're talking about—it sounds like the significance uh, piece uh, revolves more around fulfillment. Is that is that it right versus achievement?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Significant on the inside, it's it's intrinsic. I think success is often what someone deems on to you. You know, you're successful because someone says that. But I've often found in in sports, in in the world I live in, is success is fleeting. You know, you're at the top of the mountain today, but tomorrow you could get chopped down, and next thing you know. You're, you're, you're not, you know, the MVP or you're not the Super Bowl winner on that stuff. But significant to me is, yeah, it's, it's intrinsic. You know that, you know, you're harmonic with your purpose. You're congruent with your core values and that you're living the life that you're supposed to live. And to me, every single person that we meet that listens to this podcast and all those that those people touch is everyone has a life worth telling a story about. What is your story? Are you willing to face up to the adversity, the challenges, the, the, the issues, the obstacles that you face? And are you willing to turn them into a positive by how you approach every single day as an opportunity? So that to me is being significant.
1: You… Uh Todd, I obviously, you have a lot of best practices when it comes to accomplishing goals and, and, and helping others do so. But I want to know about your morning routine. Uh, I'm, that's, you know, I'm the morning routine guy, and, and I'm always curious. I know that that's a big part of your success, your rituals, your day. Uh, can you walk us through your morning ritual?
2: Yeah. You know, that's that's how I initially uh, found out about you, Hal, is I'm a huge morning routine guy. Yeah. And someone told me about the miracle morning, and I read the book. I said, bingo, 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 this <laughs> guy's got it. Because the morning routine sets the whole day on fire. And uh, I mean my, my morning routine is as much about what I don't do as what I do do. Oh, okay. for, for example, I have 13 rules for living. And about two-thirds of those rules that I have posted on my, in my home office um, have to do with my morning routine. Number one is uh, do not turn on the phone first thing in the morning. Hmm. Because I used to turn on the phone and i get anxiety I start hearing my tweets, text, emails, Facebook posts, ding, 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 ding coming through. And meanwhile, it's five twenty in the morning and I feel like I gotta react to all the people that, that that are, you know, wanting my attention. I'm like, what am I doing? It was creating anxiety. Uh So for me, that first hour, that holy hour for me is critical. It's quiet time in the morning, uh, and that includes some days journaling and some days just praying and making sure that I share gratitude to have the gift of breath, the gift of family, health, all the things. And sometimes my journal or my gratitude that I would would offer will, will be the same thing. But the mere fact of putting it down on paper helps create clarity Uh, and that's really important. Every morning also starts with some form of a physical movement. Some days it's hard workouts and some days it's not. But every day at least 45 minutes I'm doing some form of movement. It could be a walk, jog, or run. I've also created a gym at my home. Now, I have a gym here at my office, but I also have a gym at home where if I want complete solitude and quiet time, I'll take at least 45 minutes in that morning and I'll get, I'll, I'll get on those weights and kettlebells and, and I'm going to pound some good iron and make sure that I get my mind right because when I, when I lift and get strong physically and I've nurtured my spirit spiritually, then I know that I'm going to have a day that's going to be absolutely on fire. That's all done by six a.m. and then it's time the kiddos start getting up again. I have three kids, two in middle school and one in elementary school, and all all hell's gonna break loose about <laughs> at about six ten. At about six ten when they start getting up. Uh, so that's when, you know, breakfast is being made and, and, uh, it's also when I eat breakfast, I'm a man of routine and I'm going to have my, my oatmeal with some fruit in there and also, uh, some eggs and I have a protein shake. So I just had a great workout. I had my quiet time, my breakfast time. And by seven o'clock, those kids are leaving and my day is done. Those first almost two hours has been routine like, uh, as far as making sure that I've got family time, I had a great breakfast. I've got my spirit fed. I've got my my body worked. Uh, my my year and a half old golden retriever, he's happy because he's got out for his workout, <laughs> so he he's all happy. So if those days that I get that morning routine in, all of the other responsibilities I have at the office, I know there's going to be fires that come up. I know there's going to be some you know some news or phone calls I don't love making, but I deal with them so much better and I'm so much more focused uh, on those days that I actually am I'm lasered in on that morning routine.
1: And isn't it kind of, it, it's like hitting the reset button at the end of the day where instead of having to wake up to another stressful day, if you do have a stressful day, it's kind of like, oh, thank goodness I get to go to bed and just wake up to my morning ritual, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, no no doubt. And and, and you know that's part of my 13 rules of living is I also have a nighttime routine because mm-hmm. Uh, I was also finding I was in the habit of when I go to bed. I was going to bed late. I was writing the book and and uh, I was going to bed, you know, after midnight. And I would be checking my emails on my phone in the bed. And you know, the more research I did as a coach and as a performer, I, I, I was finding that when you start to study recovery and regeneration, and I'm a huge, huge advocate of recovery, mm-hmm. you know. All of the the blue light and the electromagnetic waves from computers and phones uh, affect the quality of your sleep. So I started shutting down forty five minutes before going to bed and now I try to get to bed by eleven o'clock every night. I shut down forty five minutes that computer, the phones, I'm not in bed checking my Instagram or my Facebook or my Twitter or, or the you know the ESPN feed, whatever it may be, and I'm gonna read because when I'm reading good material and not watching TV, that nighttime routine. Sets me up for a good night's rest, high-quality sleep, which when I wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, now I'm ready to go right into my morning routine so that is a really important aspect and some people you know overlook that aspect of they just fall into their bed they put the boob tube on and they they fall asleep with the tv on folks if there's one thing you could do when you talk about high performance whether it be conditioning of a world class athlete or as a parent with with kids or someone that's just trying to find their way and 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 be the best version of themselves take a look at your nighttime routine and take a look at your morning routine and if you eliminate some some bad practices and, and increase the number of best practices and you do that religiously, routinely, watch the productivity that happens and I call it with my athletes the edge. Mm. The edge. Like when you're lasered in, there's like a 1% where your brain chemistry is so lasered in and when you're writing a, a blog post or a journal or even a Facebook post or you're, you're, you're in a conversation with someone and you're so focused on, on being aware that's the edge. And that's what, when you look at high performances, we all want that edge in life. I call it wow. That's what my new book's all about. It's called the wow book. It's how you create wow in your life. And, and, and I talk about best practices. I talk about passion. I talk about hustle and hard work, but I also talk about recovery. I talk about the little things that one can do both yin and yang. Yang's powerful. It's high intensity. It's high energy. People are like, well, Todd, you're a, you know, you're a yang guy. You're a high-energy guy. <laughs> well, yes, I am. But one of the reasons why is because I spend a lot of time on the yin, on the intrinsic, the quiet side, and the journaling, the meditation, the prayer time, these things that actually fuel the spirit and the energy so that when it's time to be yang, when it's time to be you know high, vibrant, then I have that energy.
1: Wow. I, I, I'm energized right now talking to you. And I, and you mentioned the wow book. I want to, before we finish, I, I do want to talk about this because I know you're pumped about it. I'm excited. I was you know looking it over um, right before we jumped on the line. You let me know that the book had come out, sent me the PDF. I'm, I'm checking it out. And uh, first and foremost, uh, I, you got to tell the story of how it came to be because it was your brilliant wife who is mm-hmm. largely responsible, if not responsible for the idea, the concept and the execution of the wow book. And I, I related because my wife came up with the, the savers, the six practices, you know what I mean? So, so uh, yeah, it sounds like we married up, which is a cool commonality (laughs) that we have, but, uh, but yeah, tell us what, what, what's the why book, uh, the why book, the wow book, what is it about? Um, Tell us the story. You got to start with the story of your wife uh, in Italy, Uh, uh, but who's it for? What are the best aspects of the book? Uh, Let's, let's wrap up with
2: that. Yeah, I'm talking about the, the the Wow book or the Why book. It could be the Why book because <laughs> it it is ultimately about discovering your purpose and your passion in life. And and uh, as I as shared earlier, so many times we're often lacking motivation, and that's what this book is designed to do. Um, in late 2011, I started creating what was called the Word of the Week, yeah. and I, it started with just a very small group of people. I I uh, coach a mastermind group for fitness professionals and I started writing this wow every week and, and using one word, like a, a word like the word courage. And I would share a short story and then I'd have an action step for them to take this week on how to be more courageous or how to be more adventurous or how to be more loving. And it, People started resonating with it and loving it and, and I started doing this every single week and more and more people were liking it and wanted me to share it. And I was like, well, at the time, I was just sharing it with my coaching group. And then uh, when I was over in Europe, in Italy, my wife, Melanie, I remember it like it was yesterday. We're driving uh, to – we're driving from uh, Nice – or I'm sorry, not Nice, but from uh, Lake Garda, Italy, over to Venice. And she says, you know, these wow books, more and more people are, are the wow words. Why don't you write your book on the wow book? on the words that most resonate with your spirit and have action steps that people could follow but make them short, 600 to 800 words where you could digest them in, in, in like 20 minutes and every day you could read it or once a week or once a month but have 52 of them. And it was there on that day I literally got emotional. I, I, I felt a, a connection of if I could inspire the universe with specific words and say, okay, today I'm going to live with guts. Or today I'm going to live with hustle or gratitude or commitment. And I have a very, very powerful story with an action-related item to it. Then I could help change the world because my purpose is to inspire millions of people to greatness. That's what I want to do. Hmm. And the wow book was created. And I started writing and writing. And it became like just a craft for me to say, how could I make this one book? One book be the beacon that's going to help put more light into the world, a world that's so often full of darkness. Here's a book full of positivity, of energy, and that's what came out of it. 52 Ways to Motivate Your Mind, Inspire Your Soul, and Create Wow in Your Life. And Who is it for? It's honestly for anyone. It's as much as much for my kids that range from 8, 11, 13 years on old hmm. on up to athletes. I have you know Drew Brees and, and Michael Chandler and uh, Chase Daniel and Zach Ertz are all people that endorse the book. Uh, they read it because they read my wows. In the last couple of years, they've had wows every week delivered to them. And then uh, you know all my clients, the, you know, the 35, the 65-year-old fitness enthusiasts and weekend warriors uh, love it. And you know who really loves it? And I, I've, I've shared the book now for a couple of weeks since coming out. It's a lot of people that right now are facing adversity or, or challenge or setback that need a reset uh, and a recalibration of their life is out of balance. Um, they're feeling maybe a little blue. They've had, they've had some adversity. And they're like, man, I need a little kick in the backside. Yeah. And this book is designed to do that and to motivate them, saying you can take control of your life. You do have big goals. And it's the same thing that you talk about all the time, Hal, is you know, when you set your best practices in motion and you have the discipline and the commitment to follow through on them, then great things can happen. I call that WOW.
1: So, word of the week is, is where the acronym WOW came from, right? Correct and then you've got 52 ways here to motivate your mind inspire your soul and create impact in your life so is the book the way you know I just got to look through it briefly uh, is it is the way that it's structured is it designed to be you know read one one of the words a week and then really emphasizing and focusing on that word and implementing it and living it through your life or is it, it does it matter you just go through it as fast as you want
2: is there a way that you
1: recommend people uh, you know take in the information?
2: Right. It it doesn't matter. 52 ways, obviously 52 weeks in a year. What I'm finding is people are reading one a day and uh, uh, okay. they're just liking it because it's they're short 600 to 800 words you know it's a, a couple pages on each chapter and there's an always an action step and then if people would like to journal about those action steps on what they can do to change in 52 days then great but maybe it takes a whole year to me it's an everyday thing it's an all life thing uh, that we need but here uh, the way it was designed is it could be read however you want you can read these read the book and come back to it next year and say you know what I'm going to start with chapter 44 on gratitude or chapter 11 on love and you can read just that chapter and get as much out of that chapter as any other chapter because all 52 chapters truly are impactful
1: Wow. well Todd it's been really great here listening to you I uh, you know, I feel like I'm in your gym. I've hired you to be my personal trainer, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I just I, I feel motivated. I'm inspired, and I love that you shared not only your morning ritual, your morning routine, but also your your nighttime routine. And I think that for me, there were some components there that uh, I've gotten away from. Uh, the electronics mm-hmm. being shut down. I'm doing it. The reading. I've fallen off not reading. I haven't been reading before bed, uh, and I am going to recommit. To that, starting tonight. And I'm actually going to go back Love to it. something that I did years ago, which was reading out loud to my wife every night. Yes. We used to do that. And that way she'd be learning the same thing that I'd be learning and we'd be on the same page, growing together. So uh, thank you for, uh, for reminding me of that.
2: No, I, and Hal, I think I'd add one thing. It says, out of my due diligence as a trainer and a coach, uh, I yes. would say, say to you and anyone else, and, and this is a reminder as me, is we have to make sure that we're getting an exercise and eating right, all of us, because what happens is by training hard and eating right, the nutrition plays a pivotal factor along with your best practices that allow you to live at your, at your highest and best self. So I always ask people if you were coming into my gym or I was training you virtually and, and you said, hey, you know, here's what I eat, Todd. And I'd say, okay, let's clean this area up. And if I started texting you and said, hey, Hal, what would you eat for lunch? How was breakfast this morning? I want you to have chicken and broccoli and, and, and have this for dinner, whatever it may be. Now I'm holding you accountable. So if you're out there today and you need more accountability, find a workout partner. Find a coach in your area that can help you dial into your physical and nutritional best practices because it will make a difference. And you know, if you have a miracle morning routine per se, as Hal recommends in his book, and you follow these little aspects, because to me, when you have your best practices dialed in, all of your goals and dreams will come true or you're more likely to, to get closer to what you want to achieve because you're giving yourself the best opportunity for success.
1: Uh, I love it, absolutely love it, and yeah, and for me, I'm like you. I'm a very ritualistic person, so I eat the same thing every day, <laughs> every yep. morning. It's the same every right, like so. All my meals are are real, relatively the same all day. I'm huge on nutrition, and um, and uh, and yeah, because I don't, I, I work from home, so there's such consistency that uh, I'm able to eat the same thing every day, and I'm not out getting fast food or going to restaurants as much. I'm, it's it's pretty much at home. So
2: yeah, and that's the hardest part for people. I mean, the nutrition is the hardest part for people uh, is because they can go work out for an hour a day or 30 minutes a day and feel good, but then they have five or six opportunities uh, in a day they get hungry and they stop they start you know eating out a lot or they're quick because they got kids, they got to take the practice and they, they pick up some bad habits. And I know even when I was on the show strong, uh, I mean that was a huge impetus for me is trying to change someone's behavior and I was immersed with, with a gal uh, trying to change her life and we were competing. Nutrition plays a pivotal critical role when you're looking to maximize your performance. Yeah.
1: Yeah. For me, it's about energy too, right? It's eating Dude. for energy. If you know, if, when, when you eat, people wonder, God, why am I so tired at one or two in the afternoon? It's like, cause you just went and ate a huge, you know, unhealthy lunch and you're digesting all this white bread and right. And it's like, um, but yeah, so 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 I I'm, I'm on the same page with you.
2: With yeah, hydration, hydration, water, uh, increased protein. You know, making sure that if, if you're eating processed foods, you have to eliminate it. You just you, you just have to do it. And it, I always ask myself this question: Do I want this or do I need this? Yeah. If I want it, if I want it, I don't need it. Right, So do I need it? Yes. Okay, if it's, if it's healthy, if it's good, uh, if, if, it, if it once had a mom or a dad or had a life, it's probably good. <laughs> if it is processed, then it's not good. Uh, so I ask myself even as a coach and, and as a trainer, the same thing all the time is, do I want this or do I need it? And, and I joke around that, you know, I, look, I open the cabinet and there's foods that talk to me. Say, come on, a piece of chocolate. Hey, come <laughs> on, you want me. You know it. And, and it's, it's that relationship that you have with food. And we all love food. It's just making the right choices on a consistent basis. You don't always need to be perfect. But uh, when you're 90% good and you can make these things happen and watch the performance that happens in all areas of your life. awesome
1: Todd, what is the best way for people to learn more about you and, and definitely get the, get the wow book?
2: Easiest way is just go to my name, www.toddurkin.com. It's T-O-D-D-Durkin, D-U-R-K-I-N.com. I I love Twitter and Instagram. It's at Todd Durkin. And I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook fan page. It's Todd Durkin with FQ10 after uh, Todd Durkin. So Todd Durkin FQ10 is my Facebook fan page. And uh, I love connecting on social media. Uh, ToddDurkin.com is the host where all that stuff, including uh, my new wow book, is located
1: todddurkin.com. Well, Todd, it's been a a pleasure and an honor to uh, have you on the show, my friend.
2: Hal, thanks so much. Keep up the great work.
1: All right, brother. And uh, goal achievers, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. I love you and appreciate you. And uh, I'm so grateful that you take some time each week to uh, tune in and listen and uh, get some value and hear from some goal achievers out there to help you achieve bigger and better goals in your own life. If there's anything else I can do to serve you, please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. And uh, until next time, I will talk to you next week. Take care, everybody.
0: And thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the podcast. You can find links to all the resources mentioned in this episode, as well as all the past podcast episodes over at halelrod.com slash podcast. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. By going to halelrod.com slash iTunes, click in the little subscribe button. And then if you would, please leave a rating and review because rating and reviews truly are the best way for more people to find out about the podcast and decide if this is the one for them. Well, all right, until next week, it's time for you to go out there, take action, and achieve your goals.